And here are Mr. Peter Miller himself from Condition Nutrition. How are you today, my friend? I would say on this Monday morning, but it's, was it Monday evening, Monday afternoon in Sully Perth? Um, yeah, it's um, Monday afternoon, yeah, five o'clock, we've lost track of time then, yeah, it's uh, yeah, not too bad, nice day, can't complain. Is it on the weather already? Look at that for a start of a conversation. We love it. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you have to, you have to do it when you live over there after being, being in the UK for so long. The rules, isn't it? Now, yeah. regards of, well, let's get straight into things. So, Cage Warriors yeah. trilogy. Did you catch most of it? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, I had a fighter, um, mm. um Connor Wilson. If I um, Kim Holland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, wasn't the result that we wanted, but um, yeah, I'm wanting upwards really. As to say, with um, Kieran, his top-level competition as well. So the thing with Cage Warriors as well is nothing to take away from the competitors that come up short, but it's Lions to Lions. It's sort of real competition. So it's good to see people putting themselves out there. Regards of um, his camp, how did you? How involved were you at that point? And um, so I only really um, got involved in the past last few weeks. So I didn't work in the full camp. Um, so we just designed a. Um, a fight week strategy, what what sort of stuff we need to do in terms of, because the way I would plan a fight camp is, so client comes to me, says I've got to be this weight. So I try and work out, right, what what do we need to get them for for fight week? So say, for example, they need to be 70 kilos. And I think, right, and they're, example 78 at the time say right we can get you to around 74 fight week we know we've got strategies that we can use to manipulate body mass through you know mm-hmm. carbohydrates fiber sodium you know water loan so there's, there's there's a few strategies that we can use um but yeah that that's like the last stage of it but um i tend to look at a fight camp into three stages so stage one would be the say you've got eight weeks out, the eight weeks to one week to fight week, and that stage two would be fight week, stage three would be post weighing, stage four fight day. So, regard to these different stages and the effect it has on the competitors themselves. So, when it comes to the nature of cutting weight outside of the calorie deficit, the fatigue, and everything else, obviously the hormones and again the, the mental sort of strain on that sort of thing. Like, do you yeah. include refuels at this sort of point? Is it all just the same kind of rinse and repeat? Was it rice and the fish cake kind of energy sort of thing? How would you like to? I don't know. So it it all it all really depends on the athlete as well. Obviously, you know, from MMA, they often train two three times a day, so we try and maximize the calories for the hard training days. So I don't give a set. You know, you've got to eat this, this, and this seven days a week. We try and tailor it around the training program. So, you know, high training days, we include a bit more carbohydrates, low training days, a bit, bit more emphasis on protein, increasing fat. Um, yeah, it's, 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 all, um, it's all individualized because from what my experience from working with fighters is what they've done in the past is they, you know, cut carbohydrates far too early from the camp. You know, when they say, you know, how, how are your energy levels? Like, oh, I feel like... Feel like shit. So like, uh, yeah, I can, I, I can, I can see why you know training three times a day and you're having zero carbohydrates. Um, yeah, it's 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 you. You need to really look at what what the training schedule is and really tailor it around that because then that's when you get the adaptations. So, you know, because for example, it's a rest day, you don't need to be having you know 
200 grams of carbohydrates a day, 250, whatever, mm. because you're not using that. So it's really like periodized nutrition. That's my sort of emphasis on things. Now, again, with the same sort of point with all these sort of things, there's a few things to sort of go into. Where was I going to start with this? And it was with fighters, and you tend to get, like you said, they're cutting carbs. They get two ends of the spectrum. You get people who don't eat anything. They starve themselves yeah. for the whole camp, and the ones who treat themselves a lot because they're training really hard, and, you know, all the burgers here and this, that, and the other, and that kind of happy medium. Regards of compliance, especially the fact you're remote most of the time, I'd imagine, is do you give strict plans? Is it calorie numbers to be independent with? Is it tracking their food? How do you like to monitor what they're eating and sort of assign what they're eating as such? Well, I find a lot with, with fighters, um, they tend to prefer a sort of structured plan instead of giving like, oh, you need to have this many calories a day and, and sort of food examples. I find from my experience that the a structured plan is the, the, the most ideal scenario. Um, so I, I, I typically, so my plans each week, it's, it's dry work remotely to access via an app. So each week we work out, you know, how many calories they need, you know, carbs, fat, protein. And then each week we just tail it around the weight loss and then we mix it up because as much as a, a lot of fighters do eat, you know, are happy eating the same foods, you don't, you want to make the, the campers less. Monotonous you know, sort of thing. But yeah, just like, yeah, just, you know, ch- you know chicken, chicken, rice and broccoli every day. It's just like, it's fucking just, it's like. Soulless. <laughs> It's a solar, so like you try and include food which is enjoyable and like healthier alternatives, like you know, even stuff is like you know, like like the halo ice cream. Like I have a lot of fighters, like you know, mm. I love it. I love ice cream. You know, how can I include it into my diet? It's like okay, well, you can use this. You know, on you know high training days. You know, you can. You, know, you don't want to make it. You you want to. My job is to make it as as least stressful as possible. Um. Yeah, because you know, you know, with all with all the the training and the fight camp, you you've got other other things to worry about and the nutrition. I try and just make it as yeah, try and break it down and make it as simple as possible. Well, this is it. There's a few sort of general fitness FAQ sort of things like your sort of I don't know de jargoning kind of deem because the term here's a question for you: What defines a healthy food? Because again, you'll hear people saying they're eating healthy in your I don't know. Occam's razor approach of what is healthy regards of choosing a food option? Um, that's a that's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't really have like a definition. It's like, oh, that is healthy. You know, healthy because I don't like to categorize foods mm. in that bracket. Um, and I'll interrupt there. So that's not the point. This is why I wanted to ask this question because it's not as cut yeah. as dry. This is good. This is bad. So feel free to carry on. That was more the premise I wanted to start this on that this isn't. Yes, no, it's a lot more than just a surface level sort of thing. Yeah, I suppose yeah, I suppose it's a, in a way, you know, you could, you know, you could eat a you could eat a, a pizza twice a week and that's you know a Domino's pizza twice, that's fine. But then if you go into the, the other end of the spectrum where you're having it every night, then you've got to balance that. And obviously, in terms of for the fighter, you know, in terms of like macros, you you want to be having the right macros and not like eating a really fatty you know, as an example like a really mm. really fatty pizza kind of thing um yeah i don't I, I like to include like so a lot of fighters i i try and include like a refuel day once every couple of weeks to so say right on a sunday every second sunday 
go and enjoy what food you like because you train hard to treat, we follow the diet well. And then that sort of makes it a bit more, gives a bit more compliance to the plan as well. Mm. But then there's the other end of the spectrum where some fighters are like, I don't want to do that. I just want to crack on with the, with the plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, you, you get, you get a, a big mixture where a lot of fighters are very like number specific where they want to know, you know, what's the reason behind you giving me this? What's the reason behind giving that? And then some like, okay, just give me the plan. I'll follow it. I was at the end of the week. How's everything going? Yeah, great. Run anything changing? No, that's fine. And then they just, they, they just crack on with it. So it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a big difference in terms of how, how they work, how a lot of fighters work. Oh, definitely. And again, I'm very much the similar in that sort of vein of, I like my calories, I'll weigh everything, the peelers of the orange and that sort of thing. You need to know exactly what's going where, make sure you're hitting those numbers. And again, it's kind of that control thing. And as much as having someone like yourself is that other body where it's, okay, this is what you should be eating and make sure you're following this specific plan. Like compliance is definitely an interesting topic in this. So for example, if you give someone X amount of calories a day to have, and they say they've scanned all this, you don't see the snacks, you don't see everything. Like how yeah. specific are your programs to the calorie or to the reference point? Do you give any leeway? Do you make it extra tight to allow this sort of... Well, I always try and find out about the the patients um, themselves. So like what, what, what foods do you enjoy? What, you know, what pastimes you do to relax? You know, if they like, oh, you know, I really like eating ice cream on a, on a weekend, you try and, you try and tailor the, the 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 food habits around the plan and make it as as as, as easy as possible because like you you've probably seen it yourself even like in the in the in the PT type world where like oh I want to lose weight and the PTs like right you eat this and like I've never eaten I've never eaten kale in my life what's it oh I've never eaten <laughs> and it's like you need you need to have that sort of um, relationship with the clients and like because it's just, there's just no point giving a, a a plan that you think you know won't it works for it works for so and so it's going to work for them. You've got to really individualize it because, as I said, the fight camps are very tough process. You know, it's it's, it's train the man's are hard. You, you you want to make it as easy as possible in terms of nutrition. Now, there's certain subjects you want to go into on this sort of spin things on its head a little bit kind of not really the yep. nature of what we're talking about now is your services you provide and obviously giving an understanding of who you are as a person to be work with that kind of side of things but from yep. the nutritionist point of view of starting that business starting that brand obviously we speak about pt businesses and things like that you start to brand out this way yourself getting started and building a brand the condition nutrition brand how did that sort of what have you found? What sort of mistakes have you found from building? What sort of things have you found work well for you for building a business point of view? And also, I don't know, that side of things. I've, I've learned from starting a business that most of your ideas don't fucking work. Like, you come up with... Cuts deep. Yeah, you realise that, like, you, you think you wake up and think, ah, oh, this is a really good idea. And, like, you, 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 you spend a week on it and then it's like, I've got absolutely like, like for example, I, I'll give like when I started my business, I thought it was going to be, you know, I, that's it. I finished uni, finished my master's degree, that's it. And we're working with top athletes, and like, you know, the, uh, three months in, I'm sitting there like, oh, like I thought to be a, I thought to be a, 
you know, superstar now. And it's like, it's a phone on silent. I know it's not, it's not loud. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, check, check your phone every night. Oh, no. um, yeah, just like what I've, I've probably learned the mistake is what I thought is good for someone. What I, what I think is good is not necessarily what other people think is good. Like I've, I've done, yeah, I've, I've done countless things where, you know, making books and ebooks and stuff and thinking, oh, yeah, people, people love this and like, no one, no, one, no, no one's interested. It's just I, I've, I've been doing this for nearly five years now, and it's just a lot, just trial and error. And like I, one of my big mistakes was I was very broad in my um, my clientele. So I worked with a lot of like general population. I worked with some soccer players, rugby, you know, bodybuilders, and then it just gets to a point where you work with that. You need to sort of niche your business down. And I, 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 I was, I pretty much landed, not landed on my feet with, with combat sports. But I, I started training jujitsu and then started talking to a couple of guys in the mat. They um, told them obviously me the qualifications. Oh, he helped me out with nutrition, and then it just sort of went from there. And then recommend recommendations, and then yeah, um, I sort of yeah, sort of like sort of just to happen. But I feel like that happens with a lot really, where you just work with one one clients mm. and you know you're successful and then you know i always have the opinion where success leaves clues so then you start getting a diving into a bit more learning a bit more you're passionate about it and yeah it's it's sort of um gone from there really i mean that's where, where it's yeah, like where, the whole um, x amount of years to be an overnight success isn't it again you're saying there the amount of yeah. time trying this trying that and look well, like I fell into this. Well, not really. You you did a lot of steps to fall to that position. And yeah. when it comes to working with combat sports athletes, about this is an interesting sort of point, I feel, is where measuring calories burnt versus perceived amount. Like, are you one for using, you know, the heartbeat things, you know, the, um, oh, what they call my zone stuff. Are you one for that kind of measurements? Is it more? Yeah. It's, I don't it's, know. You can get sort of a... thing. How do you find with measuring that kind of output to get a gauge of, I don't know, required calories? So, well, so obviously it's it's quite a difficult area when you're working, especially a lot of my work is online. So I tend to um, I get my fighters to just get a standard heart rate monitor, or if they're using you know Apple Watch, and you can gauge roughly what they're burning through like the average heart rate throughout the session. Mm. Um, but obviously a lot of these things are not a hundred percent accurate, unfortunately. You know. Um, you know, a lot of the you know top level fighters, they've got access to like university, university equipment where you can measure that stuff a lot better. But a lot of the time, it is it is sort of trial and error in terms of like, for example, calories. You know, you first week of first week of uh, a client is on board, and you give them roughly what you think, working on the rest of metabolic rate, and if they've got if you give me a body fat percentage, and then they've lost. Instead of I'm predicting they should be losing half a kilo a week, they lose a kilo a week. And right, okay, we know now that we need to, we can afford to have a little bit more calories. So a lot of it is, is, is trial and error. Um, I personally would would want to have you know the top of the range equipment to do that. And but obviously working remotely, you don't you don't get that luxury to do it. But a heart rate a heart rate monitor, I, I that's the the one I recommend and um, sending the average heart rate throughout the session, the time, and then we can get a rough estimation of what, what calories they're burning for that session. Yeah, definitely. So this is why it's 
it's interesting because again if you're out of shape you think god that was a long walk that must be at least a couple thousand calories just at least a few pieces you know what i mean whereas you're like <laughs> i wish and from a client point again sort of don't around subjects but again we'll sort of catch up at some point oh, yes. um yes. if someone comes to you say i don't know fight myself for example amateur may fighter yes. fighting in x amount say eight weeks i want to work with you yep. how do your packages work is it per camp is it per plan how do you do your what's your your model essentially so i i have different packages and um, so in terms of it's all all depending on what you're what you're after um so if you want something really structured you know because it all it, a lot of it all depends on whether whether the client has nutrition knowledge some people don't have any knowledge and mm. you, you need to really break it down so I tend to go by a weekly basis, so the fight camp, uh, just uh, like a, a fee per week, and that obviously includes, you know, your nutrition plan, your messaging support, and then we've got, you know, fight week strategy, post weigh-in, fight day, um, and with clients in Perth, I can also do body fat assessments for skin folds, stuff like that. Um, Get the calipers on, yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the. It's, it's yeah, it's quite it's quite fun. The, the calipers, uh, people don't really like like you like them getting tested. I don't, I don't know why to weird to weird on, but yeah, it's um. So yeah, so for example, if a, if a client came to me and was like, I um, so firstly, I, I get I, I try and get some baseline measurements. So for example, you came to me now, said about eight weeks, um, X amount of weight needs to get to this. I go right. Well, ideally, I'd want you to get a some sort of body fat assessments. So we basically see what's under the hood. So we know, for example, you say you're, you're 80 kilos and you get to 70 for your fights. You're, and you're 15% body fat. We know, right, we can lose, you know, X amount through body fat reduction. And we can get to a certain, a certain number, say, you know, for example, 74, 75, and then we can lose the rest from, you know, acute weight loss strategies. But... So you came to me and you're 6% body fat. We go, right, well, that's, you know, mm. that's going to make it a lot more difficult because you're going to be tapping into muscle and the, the, the cut's going to be very difficult. So I always try and get like a, a, body, fat, a body fat assessment at the start um, because a lot of the time you are just, it, it, it's, it's, I'm going to say it's guesswork, but it, if you, well, if you to don't an get extent, them it has based, to be like, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, realistically, yeah. you can't know gram for gram at every single stage. Like the um, yeah, how much competence kind of things. You kind of every time you take a piss, you're a different person by the looks of things, and it's just yeah. so hard to keep consistent with that. And when you say about yeah. body fat percentage, obviously the leaner you are, the easier the water is to cut. But even then, it's it gets a bit of very narrow margins. What is your yeah. general rule of thumb for how little is too little body fat when it comes to these weight losses? I think you. The range I typically go for, uh, a healthy range is between six and twelve. Hmm. I think if you're getting any more, I'd even I'd even push seven. Really, I think if you're getting lower than that, and you still have to lose a significant amount of weight, that's when it gets a little bit tricky, and you know it gets into my side. Well, my 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 philosophy is obviously health first, and I've got ethical. You know what's the word? Me like reasons like I don't morals, I don't want to morals morals that's them. Um, yeah, so I I don't that the athletes health there, so I don't really want to 
you know, it, there's, there's, there comes like a bit of a crossroads, like, right, you, you can do that, but it's going to be, have some negative um, complications on your health. So, you know, you can advise and say, right, you, I'd recommend you moving up a weight, but, you know, if there's, if there's, if there's money involved and, you know, the coaches, the coaches saying, you know, you need to fight that way. It, it becomes a little bit of a difficult situation, but I luckily I haven't had anyone who's, who's come to me who's, who's 6% body fat and needs to lose a significant amount of weight. So I haven't really gone to that stage just yet, but um, I know that that is um, from practitioners that I know that's happened a few times and yeah, becomes a little bit of a, um, an ethical, moral, moral ethical issue. Well, definitely. Well, I, again, I, 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 sorry. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. So around, around seven to, around seven to 12 percent, I, I, I typically go for, and then a female probably around 15 to 20, 22 percent. But, well, um, yeah. Really huge thing with this where it gets really tricky is the fact the sport is very weight orientated. When it comes to general public and well-being, like percentage, num- the numbers are fairly arbitrary. If people's appearance, they feel good in themselves and so on and so forth. I mean, scales and another thing you can sort of put to one side. But again, it's like you see people like Darren Till, people who've taken these horrible weight cuts. I mean, self-included, these things where you're prepared to die in the sauna. Like these kind of conversations you have with yourself and your team that you know what you sign up for. But then from your yeah. point of view, from professional, because you know, how does it look on you if someone you said can make weight, you know, either one doesn't or the other side of things tries too hard to make it it's these really interesting conversations this is where i don't know this is where you sort of show who you are as a person versus a professional and then yeah. it's, you're going out of these extra sort of stages and steps and this is where i don't know your experience sort of starts to show and you really start to gain these things and i don't know it becomes a like you said they're a very moral conversation regards of other people in the sport other sort of colleagues you may have had along the way with this have you had any sort of instances where you've had to, I don't know, interject, intervene, and say, Are "You sure you should be doing that? Are you sure that's safe for them to do that? Are you sort, or would you would you rather let them?" I don't know. So, I've I've had I've had I've had client well not clients but I've had people come up to me and say, "Right, I need to lose X amount." The most um, has been I think it was around sixteen kilos. This um, I don't want to mention any names, but so this guy from yeah, Birmingham, which said you need you need to. Um, need to lose 16 kilos and I was like look like in eight weeks I was like that is just for me that is is it's too dangerous you know I, I can't you know even as even as you know as, as my profession I don't want to run the risk of you know having you know a, a bad rep or anything like that it's just myself it's just like that's just not that's not not good and um there was a study so this is my reference to there was a study a couple of years back, um, in Liverpool, John Moores, they do a lot of like combat sports research, mm. and it was on. Uh, I, I think he's, he's he's mentioned it in pre in in post and stuff. It was that Paddy the Baddy. Mm. So he did a he did a weight cut. I think he had to lose like fifteen kilos in eight weeks, and he lost eight kilos in eighteen hours. And then his results at the end, his testosterone was the lowest reported in the literature. It was like three nanomol. His sodium levels are that high. It was replicas of of an intensive care patient, and he had signs of acute kidney injury. So I always look at research papers like that and go, right, that's that. They tried to do a structured plan, and that's the results they got anyway. So, 
you know I mean Paddy's been known to like get a bit fluffy between camps anyway so you know there's always yeah. a bit of a but no no I appreciate what you're saying there's to say this is yeah the so, so, it. so it's like so so I I always try and I'm, I'm research focused really so I look at the research and go right that that like them levels like testosterone is like the lowest on like seen in literature it's like that is just not that's not that's not healthy at all and you know I that's what I say I always I always refer to research and and that's where I get a lot of my opinions and you know my my practices from so yeah I you know a lot of people are like oh yeah you know someone wants to sign up for the plan to get paid great but you know, it's, it's it's someone's health and someone's life. You know, if you if they something happens to them, you're you're liable. And there's been cases in the UK where people have been liable for um, scenarios where the athletes has you know unfortunately passed away through bad weight cut methods. I mean, this is where these conversations become so much more prominent because you talk about like old school training. You hear about oh my coach used to do this. You think that sounds insane. And you see the state of them now, and you think that used to be the standard. And you talk about weight cutting now, yeah. like, oh, everyone loses 10% of their body weight and more. So everyone does this, everyone does that. So, mm, how old are they going to be to tell these stories and tell these anecdotes in the pub? Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't really want these. Like, the prime example was, um, I think Dean Garner in the BBC Three um, documentary on weight cutting and that yeah, kind yeah. of process. I mean, even that wasn't considered a, a huge cut. Even from a layman's point of view, that's, that's insane. But a lot of people, it's business as usual. And that's terrifying. Yeah. That is horrible. Yeah, well, well, the thing is as well, so the, the, the study I was telling about with Paddy the Baddy, you know, he had the he had the research team around to take these, you know, testosterone levels, you know, plasma sodium, you know, re- renal function. But these the, the the general the general fighter does these weight cuts and they don't have no idea what effects are having on the body mm. like it's it's so it's so dangerous um you know my my, my philosophy and I, I, I never i never want a fighter to lose more than maximum it, it, like three to four percent through dehydration I, I that's my that's my blueprint i don't i don't i don't want to go any further than that and um for me that's just like morals and yeah just the health of the athlete as well oh, but obviously that you know Obviously, you know, you, you know yourself, <laughs> um, <laughs> fighters lose a lot more than that through, you know, saunas, hot baths, dehydration, etc. In the same conversation is if you're going to get in a cage and fight, your well-being isn't necessarily your number one priority, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is where these whole things get very tricky. Now, yeah. regards of your involvement outside of a camp and that sort of thing, do you get a lot of people who use you on a regular basis outside of competition prep? Yeah, well, I try and look at things like not necessarily a, a, it's a fifty-two week fight camp, but you've got to you've got to look after yourself in that out of camp um, periods. You know, you, you, there's no there's no point you know ballooning ballooning up in weight and then you, you're fighting again. The, the process is just a yo-yo cycle and the starting again. So I, I do have a couple of fighters who just it's like a you know, once every couple of weeks basis, you know, just checking in, you know, giving some recommendations on what they should be eating, you know, a rough, a rough sort of like calorie um, estimate. So typically for like out of, out of training, uh, um, out of five camps, sorry, is you go for around like a, like a 41 approach. So around like four grams per kilogram mm. in carbs, two grams per kilogram in protein, 
one gram of fat. Just it's a, it's just a base, just a baseline, and just a you know just a field training, and you you know it's inevitable you're gonna put on a little bit of little bit of body fat, but you know some people like to have a bit more in that period because you know a little bit more cushion, feel a bit better during training. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 probably. I'd probably say seventy percent tend to just go. Oh yeah, I'll um, you know I'll come back to you in a few weeks, and then they sort of yeah come back when the next fight camp is. But it, it's I suppose and, and you've got to look at it as well. You know, it's it's the cost for a nutritionist if you want a nutritionist mm. you know, all year round. You know, people have families and stuff like that. So um, I do try and educate them and just like once they finish the fight and say, look, try and just have these recommend these these sorts of macros you know by training and then if they if if they want to you know carry on a more a structured plan but yeah the majority of the time it's 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 mainly people go and then sort of come back again which is i i, I can understand that i mean this is the reality of it though because again not everyone's a professional athlete with all the hours in the day to train and recover and you know oh, yeah. everything else like cooking as well even little things like that and the reason yeah. I want to go into that side of things is more of the maintenance because, for a prime example, someone comes to you with always weight to lose, it becomes a weight cut, a weight loss camp, not a fight camp. Whereas if yeah. you're in shape or at least in a certain condition leading up to the fight camp, then it becomes a different conversation. And the nature of how this sort of works, it's a bit of a, this is quite a spectrum of people, how you get these. But the nature of where I want to take this sort of conversation now is the new standard. So we have the amateurs training like professionals. I'm yeah. obviously taking things to this next level. Regards of weight cutting and performance, how what's the fastest turnaround you could see for these kind of weight cuts to performance? So, for example, eight week camp, cut weight, weigh in, rehydrate, perform. How soon are you expecting your athlete to go back again, sensibly? Um, Outside of their own fight injuries and stuff, more from a well being point of view, and like health and diet. I think. <laughs> It's a bit of a mixture, really. I, I, I've had guys where, you know, this is, this is especially when, you know, a fighter has lost. A lot of the time, they want to go straight back into it, you know, the next card. Um, it all really depends on how, yeah, how, how severe the cut is, really. And, you know, you know, as weight, weight cutting, it, like, that's, like, it's, like, weight cutting isn't, isn't, isn't easy. It's, it's hard. And you don't want, you know, going back into the cage again, like two months later, is is probably not. Well, it's not probably not ideal. It is an ideal, but as I said, some people like right. You know, a lot of times a fighter loses. Like, do you want to? Do you want to go back straight back in? And it's like, you know, if they want to do that, like they're gonna do it regardless whether they come to me or they're, yeah, yeah. they're, they're gonna do. Yeah, they're gonna do it regardless. So like, you you've just got to sort of, you know, be as what's the way for like his health yeah yeah you've got you've got to understand and say you know it's a you know it's a competitive sport you know people want to you know people so amateurs want to a lot of amateurs want to turn pro it's just like it's you know it's yeah it all i think it all depends on like on the the, the size of the court if it's like a really big court and it's you know Luckily, I haven't. I don't work. Well, I haven't worked with guys. You have to do a really serious cut, so um, I really I haven't had that problem. But yeah, I think it all depends really on, on the cut and 
the, the psychology of the fighter also. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of evidence out there with you know, yo-yo diet and it, you know, it makes it a lot harder as, as time goes on. Makes it harder to lose the weight. You know, I've had guys who I'm working with who were in like late thirties and forties, and it's really like it's the weight cutting's becoming harder and harder now because he's been doing it for you know 10, 15 years. Um, but yeah, as I said, you know, people want to get back in the cage straight away, even if you know they win or they lose. Oh, definitely, and again, there's a few things with this I want to sort of go into in the same sort of. I don't want to say FAQ, but sort of general. General questions I myself would have and anyone listening might have. After a fight, after performance, obviously you hear people ballooning back up or some people being very disciplined and pretty much sticking to what the food they were on. What is your general advice for someone who's had the weight cut, had the performance? Is it to put on some kilos for recovery? Is it to try and maintain what they've really got? Is it fluctuating between the two? Where do you see the, the general rule of thumb as such? You want to try and because you've, you've been you've been in the calorie deficit for so long, you you want to get at least the calories to maintenance calories, and you know obviously the the week two weeks after the fight a lot of the time you know that that calorie it's it's often in a calorie surplus, and um, you know you probably have yourself you probably have a couple of weeks off and then you want to get back to a little bit of, like training again, um, but I try and try and get to like a maintenance calories um and then also depends on when whether you know some fighters want to move up a weight or they want to you know sometimes you know some cases where they want to move down a weight um it's all really individualized to be honest i couldn't really give like a um a, a like a, a generic sort of answer to that it's like yeah, I, I just try and recommend to hit hit a li- at least maintenance calories and try and work out roughly like a calorie range. So, for example, your maintenance calories are two and a half thousand calories. Try and aim for you know two and a half to two thousand eight hundred, just that little range, and then yeah, um, and then sort of go from there. I, I probably haven't answered that greatly, but yeah, it's it's very it's very individualized. I think hmm. this is tricky with these questions because again, they're much so want the the rule of thumb it doesn't really work that way but like to sort yeah. of summarize off what you just said there is more so similar to what you're on but easing back up opposed to sort of spiking either side of it to sort of yeah. boost the back up to sort of catch up with the deficit you're in to try to yeah not flatten the curve but pretty much yeah um this is it uh regards to supplements for most fighters you seem to find and recommend so obviously the creatines, beta analines, general proteins, sort of subs, BCAAs. What's your general experience with in combat sports? What do you find effective? What do you find a bit of good branding opposed to actually effective? I try and keep it as simple as possible in terms of supplements. So first one is just a standard whey protein. That's perfect for the day, you know, trying to hit them. So obviously when you're in a calorie deficit, you try and have, Protein needs increase, so you try and aim for around during during fight camp roughly about two grams per kilogram. So it sometimes can be quite difficult getting that just from whole foods. So a fine whey protein is a perfect thing during the day as a as a as sort of a snack. And secondly, I would I would recommend creatine, but it all depends really on the size of the cut 
so at the start of the camp, if they if they're already taking creatine before camp, I'd say you know stick to it. And then it, there's a washout period of creatine around around four to six weeks. So I rule for my try and try and tell fighters they are taking it to, to taper off a couple of weeks beforehand, just with the obvious like um, water um, associated water and retention through it. Um, beta alanine also that's you know that's been um, you know shown in numerous same with creatine to improve you know high intensity performance which obviously combat sport is and I was, forgot to mention also with creatine it's you know there's been studies as well with cognitive performance and like you know memory processing time reaction time mm-hmm. so obviously you know with combat sports that's that's important so it's not just the the muscle, the performance side of things. It's also, you know, in a, in a psychological sort of um, motor learning kind of thing. Um, yeah, with beta alanine. Um, so the, the only issue with beta alanine, because obviously some fighters may come to me, you know, three, four weeks out and with beta alanine, there's a loading phase around four weeks. So it's all dependent on the, the, the time scale of the, the when they come to you in terms of fight camp, but um, yeah, so there's um, with beta alanine around six grams a day, and um, but there's a loading phase around four weeks, so that acts as like a buffer. At, um, I don't know, it acts like a buffer in your muscles. So when you obviously perform high intensity actions, you know the buildup of you know lactic acid, they say, you know, can um, contribute to fatigue. So beta alanine acts as like a buffer to delay fatigue, and obviously you can perform a little bit. Um, you can fall high intensity efforts longer, um, but yeah, for them, I, I typically go for like them three, and then in terms of health wise, um, I don't typically recommend multivitamins only because a lot of the multivitamins you, t- you take them and you end up just pissing them out, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. It's, yeah you just you just end up just pissing, them. so it's not really like you know, a lot of t- it's it, it's not, don't get me wrong, it's not going to do any harm taken one um but yeah it's not it's not like a lot of the time yeah a lot, a lot of these um, multivitamins unfortunately just end up pissing them out but um like fish oils like the anti, anti-inflammatory properties um you know obviously if you're not having a lot of fish in your diet you know a fatty fish so it includes some some fish oil around like three grams a day but then if you're having a lot of I, I I typically try and recommend having some like you know fatty fish salmon. So if you're having that anyway, you don't studies are showing that you don't particularly need to supplement with that. But if if a lot of fighters, you know, a lot of them are quite fussy, so they don't eat fish. So typically try and recommend like a fish oil tablet. But I don't try and go too too deep into the supplement because then it, it gets a bit supplement focused rather than food focused. Mm. Um. You know, there's, there's studies that have shown, like, you know, like beetroot juice can enhance, enhance performance and stuff like that and, like, other, other supplements. But once you start going into that rabbit hole, it becomes, like, you know, like like you know, like a pillbox for, like, an old person. Like, yeah, you know, I've got to take this, 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 and this. And it becomes a bit... I just think today, so I think about magnesium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I remember with... Um, when I was studying my master's degree, my lecturer worked for... Leinster or Munster, either Leinster or Munster rugby, 
And they, he, when he started working there, he said there was a guy he was taking like up to 20 supplements a day. And like, why, why are you taking Like, oh, I've just seen it on like the internet. And like, he had this big box of <laughs> these, this like big box of supplements. He took a photo and showed us like, it's like, that's, that's a big, like a big thing. A lot of people get the same, the same like general population where people get very supplement focused and like the supplements, like if you look at like a pyramid, in terms of the food, like not food, but like supplements is on, you know, towards the the, the, the top, like the last, the last bit yeah, of yeah. um because it should supplement thing. what you're not getting from what you're already eating. And it's people oh, yeah. seem to miss that as a protein supplement. Like how many pro- how much protein yeah. are you consuming during the day anyway? Like, do you really yeah. need the extra like the protein anyway? Because you're already eating that and what you're again, it's a bit of yeah. a, a quick fix. Same, kind of with, same, with, same with BCAAs, like the studies really have shown with BCAAs, if you're having enough protein in your diet anyway, BCAAs don't really do anything. That like it's just you'd be better just having a protein source or you'd be better having a protein shake instead of just having BCAAs. So I, I typically don't really I I'm I, this is where we were talking about before about you know what you've learned in your practice. I when I first started I was like oh supplements, you know, this is the thing you, you take this, take this, take this and then now it's you you try and yeah as we say before but i'm trying to make it as simple as possible if i recommend four and then if if for example they're already taken they're already taken beetroot juice for example i'd say carry on you can carry on having that but if they're not i wouldn't add yeah, i wouldn't, wouldn't add yeah. this and wouldn't add it yeah you wouldn't take it out but you wouldn't add it in fantastic yeah. for that issue i've met just to go over and something you touched on earlier a bit earlier about um working with yourself when it comes yeah. to working with you what to, should we expect is it going to be a a link to like a trello kind of working remotely kind of thing together is it going to be a big pdf like an ebook what does working with you actually look like from a client point of view yeah so with um with my clients so with majority of my work being online we um so for example a client someone connects you on instagram wants to work with me we go through a few health questionnaires, wake up questionnaire, just to get a bit of background history in terms of, you know, what they've done in the past. And then my, my, my plans have run through an app. So it's really easy. It's on, on the phone and we have clients, everything sort of done on there. So it's like client check-ins each week, we can track the progress. And then we, it's just regular communication. Like obviously I was mentioned before, some clients want to talk, you know, regularly, you know, once a day, or oh, I've done this, and picture food, what's this like? And then some people, like, you know, you get a plan, and you chat to them once a week, how's everything going? Yeah, great. Why not change for next week? Um, no, I'm okay. How's everything going? Feeling fatigue, you sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm good. And then, um, yeah, they just, they just crack on. But, yeah, mine's on app, and it's, it's really easy, because I, I, I found in the past, and talking about my my practice, when you're given heaps of PDFs, pe- heaps of Word documents, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, people want it as simple as possible, and they want the plan there. You know, with technology now, with you know, you know stuff like my fitness pal and stuff like that, where you want it, you want it easy and there in front of you. And like, it, it's, it's great having an, like an app that I use. Um, it's like a sports, it's like a sports nutrition app. So it's like a lot of people in my area use, use that. 
um, other sports nutritionists. And it's just really simple. You know, you've got this, the weekly planet, the macros, all the recipes and how you can, you know, quick and easy recipes. And we can tailor it around, um, you know, low carb, high carb, medium carb, tailor around the training. Um, yeah, it's a... Um, yeah, just try and make it as try and make it as easy as possible for the fighter, really. Oh, hundred percent. I say this is the nature of why these conversations are important. Because again, if you're from a layman point of view trying to understand, okay, I need a nutritionist. What does that mean? Okay, I need the support for this, that, and the other. Okay, cool. How would that be managed? How would I do this? What's it going to be? And again, it's more materializing the idea. Thank you for your time, my friend. Regards, people getting in touch with you. What's the best way of getting hold of you? And the best way is probably through my Instagram. That's where I do most of my posts and videos etc so it'll be condition.nutrition um i should be the first person that comes up i don't think there's anyone else called condition nutrition but um yeah i'll be up there and then yeah if anyone wants to shoot me a message and have a chat and you know i'm happy to give you know to give advice for anyone who's struggled with you know any aspect in terms of the nutrition and yeah um look forward to speaking to anyone who's, who's interested fantastic um be sure to check out our sponsors the english hypnotist and good performance nutrition English hypnotist, we speak about nutrition right now, but again, in regards to the mental side of competition, I work with Rich this camp. And again, it's something you can't really appreciate until you do it yourself. It's something where the visualization side of things, the actual hypnosis side of things, it's absolutely game changing, definitely worth doing. And we're speaking about supplements, good performance, nutrition, Dan Good, former professional MMA fighter, businessman, fitness fanatic. And he's a very people oriented person and his products, affordable, good quality, can't recommend them enough. Thank you for your time, my friend. Have a good day and take care of yourself. No worries.